It's the beautiful celebration, isn't it, of God's grace. We see people enter into the waters of baptism, changed lives. When we receive people into membership in the life of our church, we just know that God continues to move powerfully through this beautiful thing called the church, the embodiment of Christ in our world. Well, we're starting to feel like Christmas is upon us. Don't, the team's done an incredible job here, don't you think? Oh, Amen. I mean, it's amazing. And our worship team have recorded some Christmas songs, and there's an original one, and I just pray that you'll be richly blessed as you hear that and respond to it. As we go about getting ready for uh, the birth of a celebration of the birth of our Lord, it's my job as a pastor to help you get prepared for that. I was just thinking the other day, at what point are you able to say, have a happy Christmas or have a Merry Christmas? The reason I was thinking of that, because on Friday night, Rachel and I went for a walk. Johnny wanted to go for a ride at the Tea Tree Gully BMX track, and so we walked across there. On the way back at about at Mataro, coming towards Mataro Road, uh, there was an older guy, well, older than me, and walking along just in front of me. And, and we were walking up at a, just a slightly faster pace. I was trying to keep up with Rach. And we were just walking there, and this, and this older guy was there. And you know how you're worried about scaring someone when you come up on them? And uh, that's why I sent Rachel first, because she's far less scary than me. And, but as we kind of came up, uh, he just turned and caught, and uh, he, he relaxed when he saw that Rachel was there, which made me safe. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, no problems. I said, have a good Christmas. And he just looked at me strangely like, dude, it's too early. I don't know if he used the word dude because he was that different generation. But he just looked at me like, I think it's too early to say have a good Christmas. When is it too early? That is the question which came to me. Uh, is it too early? Is it, is there, is there an, it's kind of an, when do you know? That's what I want to know. Is it kind of just about two weeks before? Is that about right? Or is it when you think, you know what, I'm seeing this person now, but I'm not going to see them till after Christmas. That's about right. Or is it, you know, that time when you just go, well, I've actually got my head and heart and spirit around uh, Christmas coming along, so I feel like I'm in the countdown, so I feel at ease about sharing it. Our community group on Wednesday night, we're also starting to think, what's it look like to start getting ready for Christmas? And I said, well, what helps you get ready? And uh, one of them said, you know what, when I finish work. When I'm done for the year, then I'm ready for Christmas. Who's in that camp? Yeah, like... Uh, I know that other people are into it now, but until I finish work, I'm not there. Another person said, when the Christmas tree goes up. Who's like that? Who's in that camp? Now I'm getting ready. Christmas tree goes up. We had a tradition in our household that uh, we'd go to the pageant, and then that afternoon we'd get some ornaments, and then we'd put the Christmas tree up. That got thrown out now that you can only really watch the Christmas pageant on TV. It's like, throw my traditions out, man. I can't get ready for Christmas. Others said, when I start putting on the Christmas music, who's like that? Put the Christmas music on. Secular, sacred, who's in that camp? Yep. When is it that we are ready? When is it that we are feeling that we are prepared? Over the next few weeks, the role of the church is to help the people of God, 
the people who believe in Jesus Christ, to get ready to celebrate that wondrous work when Jesus, in all his fullness, embodied himself in his own son. When the word became flesh, when the fullness of God was poured out in a divine way into this human, in this child of Jesus. And my role is to help you get prepared. And today I'm going to do that by us working through a little bit of the first chapter of the book of Luke. Now, I love Luke's writings. Luke, if you know much about him, he wrote two books, and really they should go together. For some reason in the canon, it's been separated by the book of John. But Luke the physician wrote Luke and Acts together, his gospel and his book about the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's like he kind of got this full revelation of what God was doing. He said, I've just got to get this out. Now, because he is a physician, he wrote it in an orderly account. And he wrote to his friend Theophilus and said, this is what happened. This is what God was doing. He orchestrated all these things that he might bring together a movement of Jesus' work in the world. And so he puts it together. And when we come to the Christmas season, often what we do is we just kind of start at Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus Christ. But in Luke chapter 1, we see an incredible piece of writing as he brings together some greater events and people within those events and what the Holy Spirit was doing so that they might be prepared for Jesus' birth. And he links this all together. Now, what Luke does, he tells the story of Jesus, and then when he gets into the book of Acts, it's the story of the Holy Spirit and how the movement of the church goes on. And we continue in that vein. But here we come right back to Luke chapter 1 as he talks about the events that got the people prepared. And I see my role is to helping you get prepared for what God is going to do this Christmas. What we see in this first chapter are a few key characters in the preparation for Jesus' birth. We see a guy by the name of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Now, the scriptures talk about these two people being people who were upright before the Lord and followed the commands of the Lord. The thing is that they were aged, they were older, but they'd never been able to conceive a child. They had a deep longing for that. Zechariah was of a priestly line and served within the temple. And his wife Elizabeth, it says, was a daughter of Aaron. Now that goes right back to the priesthood, right back to Moses. And so there was a certain lineage that was right through both Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth was a relative of Mary. Now, Zechariah has this occasion where he goes into the temple to prepare the house of the Lord. And there he has an encounter with the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel says, you are going to have a son and he's going to be one who prepares the way of the Lord. And you're going to call him John. Now, Zechariah goes, what the heck? But I have an older wife and she is barren. How is this going to happen? 
And Gabrielle says, well, it's going to be. But in your unbelief, I'm going to make you mute. You will not be able to speak. So he has this vision, this encounter within the temple. Now he comes out of the temple and he has to kind of explain to the people, as a mute person now, what is going to take place. Now, the scripture puts it like this. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realised that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. I think the gospel, I think Luke's being very gracious there to Zechariah because let's put some creative licence around this. Zechariah comes out of the temple and seeks to explain to the people using sign language what's just happened there in the temple. Can you imagine that? It would have just been, people like, but he was mute. But there was a movement which was going on. His wife, Elizabeth, did conceive and she was to become the mother of John. Now, the scripture talks about this and says, normally that son coming through would have been taking after the name of the father, Zechariah, but later the scripture says that that doesn't occur. Now, the other people in this scripture in Luke chapter 1 is you have Mary and Joseph. Now, Joseph is the line of David. Now, if you read Matthew's gospel, you see a lot more of the genealogy there and how Joseph is in that line. And, of course, we know the story Joseph seeks through. How is it that his betrothed, who is a virgin, is pregnant? The story talks about the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary And there she is going to bear the one who is going to be the Christ, the Lord. And then we see this interaction as Elizabeth and Mary meet together. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And there we see the Holy Spirit at work again as they hear talk about the babies leaping in their womb at their connection. And there Elizabeth talks about how blessed Mary is. Now when it comes to John being born, it says that on the eighth day, when we've been born, then comes to be circumcised, there they went to name this little boy. They called him to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And at that point, he was able to speak. His tongue was loosed. And the first thing that he did was he blessed God in what he did. And so we have this work of God which is taking place in the preparation. And the first thing that Zechariah does is he prophesies to the Lord. Beautiful words. And this is the lead up in the preparation to the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, friends, what we have in this first chapter of this interaction of what God is doing with Zechariah and Elizabeth, the angel Gabriel, 
of Mary and Joseph, the interaction between Mary and Joseph. And then we even hear of Mary, even though she is young, has this beautiful response that she is in the will of God and declares in the Magnificat, is all this preparation for Jesus to come. And what we see in here is some things which can give us some clues about how we can be prepared ourselves for Christmas. The first one is this, that we are to come with belief. Zechariah goes from unbelief to belief. He's made mute because he doesn't believe that what is going to take place is going to take place. But then it does and then he is able to speak. Friends, what we need to do when we come to preparing ourselves is to come with belief that we might be able to declare Jesus Christ. In a culture which has so many trappings, let's speak the truth of Jesus Christ into our world to come with belief. What are we to believe? Well, let's just pick up what the names of Jesus is and who he is to be. We're firstly to come believing that Jesus truly is the saviour into our world. He is the saving one. He is to save people from their sin, save people from themselves. He is Christ the Lord, our saviour. We are to come with Jesus is Emmanuel, declaring that God is with us. God has not left the world. God has not vacated the building. God is with us. When we have so many shifting things going on around us, what is it that you're going to stand firm on? The fact that God is with you, Emmanuel. And thirdly, to stand on this belief that Jesus is Lord, Lord over all. You know, the angel Gabriel said to Mary in Luke 1.31, You will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and he will reign and of his kingdom there will be no end. There will be no end. We are to come with Jesus as Lord, Lord over all, Lord over your life. Let him reign and rule in your heart. There are no border restrictions. His kingdom will never end. We enter into that. This Christmas right now, start believing that Jesus is Lord over all. What a great assurance there it is in that wonderful truth. And secondly, come ready to behold. In Luke's narrative in chapter 1, the word behold keeps on recurring. Gabriel speaks it to Zechariah. Behold, this is going to occur. Mary to Gabriel. Behold, I'm blessed. Elizabeth to Mary. Mary in her song of praise, she says, Behold, God is working upon me. You know, behold means to see or observe someone or something, especially of remarkable or impressive nature. It's not a word we use often. But maybe at Christmas it's one that we should refine or renew or hold close. Behold says, God is doing great things in our world through Jesus Christ. Behold, what is the great thing that God is doing? The Holy Spirit is moving. God is fulfilling his will. Behold, God is at work. It is this sense that we are to come and be caught up in reverent, humble awe of who God is. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Behold, my spirit is moving. 
behold. And thirdly, we are to come ready to bless and to experience blessing. Right through this narrative, we see this sense that Mary talks about being a blessing. Elizabeth says to Mary that you are a blessing. There is this sense that the favour of God is at work. Now, the interesting thing about the text here is that the word blessing is used in two different ways. That the Greek word for blessing is two words, makarios and eulogal. And both are used in this text. Now, makarios, that type of blessing, it talks about the sense of happiness and often correlated to describing the happy state of those who find their purpose and fulfilment in God. It is Macarius' blessing that Mary proclaims in that Magnificat. Luke 1, verse 46 to 47. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. In this use of the word blessing, the Greek word makarios is used. And it talks about being aligned in the will and the purposes of God for your life. Mary has this divine revelation that the favour of God is upon her and she is walking in God's will. That is the kind of blessing that she has there. That is the makarios blessing that she knows. And my prayer is that each of us in this Advent season will know that truth, that kind of blessing in your life that you are walking in the will and the statutes and the alignment that God has for you, his divine purposes. It is that kind of blessing. The second kind of blessing, which I talked about, is this Greek word eulogal. And this focuses more on the good words or the good report that others give of someone. It's a different type of blessing. It's the kind of word that the word eulogy comes from. We know at a funeral service a eulogy is given. It talks about a life and the good things that someone has done. And this Greek understanding of blessing comes through. Elizabeth uses this word in Luke 1.42. Where she says, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. It is a good word, a good blessing, which is being spoken over Mary. Eulogel. In our preparations for Advent, we want to know both of these blessings. One, that we are in the alignment and will of God. And secondly, that we might be able to know and give a good report of others. See, it happens in this relationship between Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth speaks it over her. Blessed are you. A good report, a good word. And there is a dynamic which comes together why the people gather. Is that so that we can give that kind of blessing one to another? In a world which critiques endlessly, In a world which says, hey, we saw that you did a few good things, but we're going to focus on that. We want to flip that, this spirit of Christmas, and give a blessing, a good word, a good report. 
And when we come together, it is that kind of blessing that is to reside. So friends, as we prepare for Christmas, come with belief. Come ready to behold the great things of God and come with a deep sense of blessing that your life is aligning with the will of God and that you're able to give a blessing to others. God is at work. And friends, the Christmas season, let me tell you, this is our moment. May your mouths speak of the good things of God and Jesus Christ, the saving one. Let's receive our Lord afresh here right now in prayer. Jesus Christ, we choose to believe you are the God who makes the impossible possible. You are the God who has come to us where your word has been fulfilled and your promises are yes and amen. Lord, as we grow in our belief that you are Lord, that you are with us, as we behold the work of your hands and as, Lord, we live in blessing and in your favour, may you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, shape our hearts and our mind and our spirit in a fresh way that this Christmas it is not an old news or a tradition of what we've celebrated, but it is good news that you are with us. In Jesus Christ, may there be a fresh revelation for each of us as we believe, behold, and bless. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, let us stand together as we sing that wonderful Christmas carol, Joy to the World, because that is what it is. Let us stand together.